You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to another edition of On to the Next One, the podcast here on the MMAfighting.com podcasting network as we play matchmaker for some of the notable names coming out of Saturday night's UFC Vegas 9 event at the UFC Apex. I am Mike Heck being joined as always by the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex K. Lee. Here we are, normally best friends, but as sports fans, we are... Uh, we're kind of against each other with the uh, the NBA playoffs going on, are we not? And a series between uh, the Jays and the Red Sox also going on right now, which is which has been pretty close, pretty heated. So I mean, Red Sox came back last. I mean, they blew a lead, then came then came back to win it. So, uh, but yes, I'm very happy the Raptors at least tied up that series. Uh, we were talking to Jose yesterday. Uh, both of you, of course, uh, you know, ha- proudly hailing from New England. And uh, you guys said you weren't confident the Celtics can win the series. Now, somehow, I'm not confident the Raptors can win the series. So what a conundrum we have. But, uh, yes, very exciting. And, you know, of course, people come to us uh, to the show for the basketball talk, Mike. So I'm glad yes. that uh, we got it right, 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 right out of the way. Uh, that's what people come for. Please stick around. We're also, I think we're going to talk some MMA as well. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Why don't we do that right now and let us start the way we normally start with the main event. Heavyweights collided as Alistair Overeem put away a very game, Augusto Sakai in the fifth round via TKO. The Demolition Man has won two straight. He's won four out of his last five, finished all of those victories. It was four seconds away from having five straight wins in the Jairzinho-Rosenstrike fight back in December. So huge win for the Ream. He continues to evolve and, and win these fights at 40 years old. So AK, where do we go from here now that we've had some time to digest this wild and crazy seven-fight card? Gosh, what do you book for the man who has fought countless times in MMA? Uh, is very realistic about his sort of where he is in his career. He still sees a title shot in his future, but he also says could be could be two more fights left in my career, could be two more years left in my career. He, he's 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 not going to answer. He won't answer any questions about oh, I demand to fight this guy, or I, if I think if I beat this guy or in a title shot. He's been around long enough to know. I think nothing's guaranteed. So uh, making a matchup for him is actually a little difficult. Um, He's he's usually pretty open minded as far as we know. He like I said, he doesn't call people out, and I don't think he has a history of saying no to fights either. He really has fought pretty much everyone from from top ranked guys to guys coming out trying to make a name off him. I had a few options here, Mike. I'll, I'll hear your I'll 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 play off yours in a second before I, I I lay out um kind of the other stuff I came up with. But so my first choice, I want to see him fight Alexander Volkov if, of course, if Volkov beats. Uh, Walt Harris at UFC 254 on October 25th. Volkov and him were supposed to fight in St. Petersburg, Russia last year. And I think it's that if he, again, if Volkov beats Harris, gets back on the winning track, that's just the right name for for Overeem to, again, get another top, top 10 guy and also have a reasonable shot to uh, get a title shot, depending on how the top of the division shakes out. When you've had the career that Alistair Overeem has had, and you, you sort of alluded to this, AK, it's it's kind of tough to match him up. Like I, I think you like the fact that he's open-minded and willing to take any kind of a fight, but in this current landscape, it's very difficult to match him up, especially with how fights are being booked already. Like, And, and I don't know if people are going to agree with me on this or not, but I know this fight happened like nine months ago, but with John Jones getting ready to make the move up to heavyweight, Stipe 
getting set to face Francis Ngannou by all indications. Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades are fighting in December. Honestly, I think the answer is running it back with Jarzinho. Like, it, it, it's just where the division is. You know, you could even put it on the same card as Lewis versus Blades if we need and if we need to slot Overeem in to fight Derek Lewis for whatever reason. If something happens with the Curtis Blades, he gets injured, or, you know, it is 2020 after all. You can, and if not, you try and book off of that fight. Like, unless both Overeem and Blades win, they're probably not going to fight because they're teammates. So I think you start with that, then go from there. But I think that's the, the, the it's kind of the most sensical fight with, with where we sit right now. But I, I don't know how excited Rosenstrike would be about getting that fight. But if Jarzinho wants to get to the belt, this would probably be the best step for him to do that since Overeem, Overeem has a longer winning streak than Jarzinho right now. And uh, our Canadian friend Nick Baldwin agreed with that choice as well via via Twitter. Oh, you had to bring him up. Yeah, we'll talk more about uh, <laughs> young Nick Baldwin later. Um, yes, Jarzinho, that, that would have that would, I think was my second choice. Uh, I, I think anyone who saw that fight will tell you that, yeah, it looked like Overeem was the better fighter for whatever, four and a half, 4.75 rounds of that fight. Not that that matters to MMA. There's a reason you fight the full 25 minutes. So uh, it's funny. It's, it's the, It was the kind of matchup where I would say uh, it, w- it was not a, a bad call by the referee at all. I actually thought the stoppage was fine. But I also feel like Overeem is also worthy of a rematch. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You mentioned the Lewis Blades fight. Um, that's on November 28th. I think the winner of that fight should get a title shot, so that's why that's probably the only reason I wouldn't want to see one of them fight um, Overeem. I do think he would fight Blades uh, if it was like a number one contenders fight, and and, and Overeem is a guy who has fought has fought, for, has fought for a number of camps, right? Um, and so yeah, he would rematch. It'd be weird. He would kind of rematch him after joining forces with him, and then go meet. Uh, yeah, so it, it'd be tricky. But uh, and as for Lewis, I think I feel like we'll see him fight Lewis someday anyway. If he sticks around, I can see this fight happening in like 2022. Those guys, again, they get around to fighting everyone. So hopefully we still see that fight. Uh, and the most boring option, uh, Ben Rothwell versus Marcin Tybura winner. That's happening on October 11th. I'm not even sure why I bother bringing it up. It just feels like it could happen. So it would be a, a Rothwell rematch or a scintillating fresh matchup <laughs> with the ever-present Marcin Tybura, who, uh, who uh, people will be surprised, has fought like in the UFC like 13 times. I, I don't know if that's a surprise people, but. See, it's hard to book for Alistair Overeem at this mm-hmm. point. It's just very difficult. But now let's ta- let's talk about Augusta Sakai because that was his first UFC loss. It was his first loss since dropping a split decision to Czech Congo in Bellator over three years ago. Oh. And this is a little bit easier to do since most names we throw out there are new and fresh for a guy like Sakai. So I'll, I'll say, and someone suggested this during the post-fight show, I like Sakai versus Alexi Olenek. I think Olenek is fun no matter what. It's an interesting matchup, and it's a great test for Sakai against another longtime veteran of the sport because Augusta's obviously very talented. He looked good for most of that fight against Overeem, probably until like the last seven or eight minutes or so, but I think that's a good matchup for Sakai to, to try to bounce back. What say you? Well, again, you know, I was I'm really on this Rothwell to Burr thing. So I think the loser <laughs> of that October 11th matchup could end up facing. I actually think that's not the fight I would make personally. I actually think that's what could very likely happen. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry for people who keep who have already fallen asleep that I keep bringing that matchup up. Uh, but uh, I'm just saying they, they're in the mix. All right, Rothwell to Burr are in the mix for one of these two heavyweights we've mentioned, and that's just the reality of the situation. But yeah, Olenek would have been my first choice as well. Um, Sakai. Uh, some deficiencies on the ground shown, so it's definitely intriguing in that sense. Um, the other options, I think, this is something we mentioned on Saturday's post-fight show as well. Junior Dos Santos, uh, I think, I think is a certainly a reasonable option. Uh, JDS on three a three-fight losing streak, and then kind of a I don't know. I think this is likely, but 
I, one of the guys from the upcoming Sidiel Gan uh, Abdurakhimov uh, fight on September 26th. And I, I wasn't even sure the winner or the loser of that fight. Just one of those guys, I think, could fight Sakai. So just, just a couple of other names to throw out there. Yeah, I, I think all those options are fine. Again, you know, Sakai being sort of relatively new to this division opens things up for a lot of different options. You know, you get Tanner Bozier getting ready to fight Andre yep. Orlovsky, so maybe the winner of that one. So a lot of exciting matchups for Sakai as he looks to get back into his winning ways. But I think we like Olenek. I think you and I yeah. are both oh, saying God, yeah. that's, that's the logical choice. That's the fight. Uh, speaking of veterans, how about Ovin St. Pru, who had a absolutely ferocious knockout win over Alonzo Menafield. Now he's got a two-fight winning streak at 205 pounds, two-fight finish streak at 205 pounds. Of course, he has the... The loss to Ben Rothwell sprinkled in between those fights, but a lot of options for OSP. What do you like for him? First, I'll say our own Jose Youngs had some interesting recommendations. He recommended several potential rematches for OSP, including including a rubber match between him and Nikita Krylov. They both have submission wins over one another. A rematch with uh, Volkan Uzdemir. Uh, Volkan beat OSP by split decision, I think, in his UFC debut. And so there's some unfinished business there. And also potentially a rematch with uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua if Shogun beats uh, Paul Craig on November 21st at UFC 255. But as I thought about those matches, Mike, I realized, I, I, I reminded myself, uh, Jose is always wrong. And going <laughs> with his ideas uh, would be a grave mistake. So I, 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 you know, I mentioned it because we're colleagues with him. So out of respect, but I certainly would not want to agree with any of those options. So, uh, I will go with the most trollish option that I know will upset people. OSP deserves a big name still. And he just fought a guy who had three UFC fights going into it. I want to see him fight someone with one UFC fight, oh, no. uh, Ryzen champion. I, I'm saying it, Yuri Prohachka. All right. I know if people want to see Prohachka just Jump into the top five, which I guess he kind of did by knocking out Uzdemir. But I think OSP is worthy of that fight, and I think it, it'd be a good fight for Boy. I, I want good things for OSP. I think I think he deserves that fight, um, even if uh, Yuri would be, would be pretty heavily favored. Listen, you could do good things for OSP and not give him Yuri Prohashka. I think that's like <laughs> kind of a slap in Prohashka's face. No offense to OSP, but <gasps> this guy just steamrolled what? a former title challenger. Steamrolled him. He is – listen, they put him – the UFC rankings panel, whoever these mystery folks may be, as you you've spoken to most of them, so you know better yes. than I do. Yes. They put him number six after that Which win. Which he should be. Which he should be. So they're gonna so to reward yes. him, you're gonna you're gonna match him up against a guy who's unranked. I mean, by the way, in my rankings, uh, <laughs> you're gonna be surprised. Yuri is actually number three. Wow. Okay. So if, I have I have him just behind. This is also, by the way, John Jones is take is out of the rankings. Right. Uh, Corey Anderson, of course, also gone. So this is like a couple of guys, I think, who were ahead of Yuri before they were taken out of the rankings. Uh, so I only actually have Reyes and Teixeira ahead. Of, I actually have him ahead of Jan Blachowicz as well. I'm probably underrating Jan a lot. Uh, there's there's some MMA math going on in my rankings. I'm glad. That's why I don't show them to people. <laughs> so I actually have Yuri pretty high. Uh, Ovance, OSP, yes, he's unranked. He's 11 in my rankings, so I still consider him ranked. Um, the disrespect, Michael. No, it's not. Dis dis you're disrespecting Yuri. Yuri has to show me more. Right? I don't care. 11 straight wins, sensational knockouts, rising champion, 27 and 3 and 1 record. Whatever. Whatever. All right. 22 UFC fights for OSP versus one for Yuri. This is, this is, this is on paper for me a, a logical matchup. I love hype and I love Yuri Prachka, but. No, this is not. So what if? So what if? What if the UFC matches up Manel Cape against like Askar Askarov and Cape just like 
runs through him. What are you going to do? Are you going to book him against Tim Elliott? I might. <laughs> let's say that. I love Tim Elliott. This is not let's, like this is this is just meritocracy based. Let's save that for a future episode. And by the way, OSP. Well, now that you say it, I was going to say is not <laughs> is not the is not the Tim Elliott of the light heavyweight division. But now that you mention it, no OSP again. I look. 13 and 9 record in the OC, very strong, facing facing top shelf competition. I do not think this is a slight at Yidi at all. I think it's a credit to both men all that right. this would be a, a quality fight night main event. All right. I like the idea of the Nikita Krylov trilogy fight because mm-hmm. that checks mm-hmm. off some boxes. But I'm actually looking at a different fight that nobody's mentioned yet because I think it would be absolutely outrageous and it would be bananas. It would be everything we want as MMA fans. A matchup between two guys who have finishing power on the feet. Plus, they're also known to finish fights on the mat in ways that we don't see all that often in our sport. So how about we do OSP versus Misha Serkinov? I I think that fight is excellent. It'd be a step up for both guys. I like that fight. A little little can-con. I appreciate it. Thank you for looking at Canadian content. We love our uh, Misha Serkinov up here. (laughs) An honorary Torontonian, for sure. There you go. yeah, and for some reason, as I was looking over, I was surprised that him and Misha had not fought, have not even been booked against each other. Nothing. Yeah, that's that's what was surprising to me as well. Wait, oh. I, I I I just googled by the way. Uh, UFC two thirty five, March second, twenty nineteen. He was supposed to fight Misha, and then OS, and then Misha fought Johnny Walker. Is this a thing that happened? Did did someone make this up? Did someone put this in? In the uh, did someone uh, edit, edit this Wikipedia and I'm and I'm am reading fake news right now? Did this happen? I mean, it could have been like reported, but not true. I don't remember the Johnny Walker Serkinov fight at all. Apparently, 30, 36 second TKO. I remember it. There's been too many fights. There's been too many fights, Mike. I I just, Walker this, won just, that fight, right? Walker, uh, yes. Walker, Walker annihilated won. it. it was, I this think was it was a part, flying knee. This was part of the uh, the Walker hype train. Yes. Uh, which again, I only vaguely remember now. People, we've watched 800 fights in the last like two months. <laughs> And and there's 800 more coming, so so don't blame me. You people know how my brain is when it comes to fight results. Um, so I guess apparently they're so yeah, it makes sense. They're clearly once in, in each other's spheres, and uh, OSP is kind of in that been in that same sphere for the last like two years. So yeah, absolutely. The Von Peru choke versus the Peruvian necktie. Oh, oh man, that Sexy. thing just sells itself. But sexy. You know what, AK? Like, I know that we flip-flop who goes first typically on this, but with this next pick, now that I look at it, and as your best friend, I cannot in good conscience go first with this one because this is all you. This is Michelle Bejeda, after all. He gets a, you can't see this because it's audio, but a submission win, quotes, <laughs> quote, quote fingers being thrown out Heavy there. Heavy air quotes. Controversial, sure, but he dominated a very game, Zalim Emadeoff, which you said it during the post-fight show. This is excellent matchmaking by the UFC. But Pereira looked great. He's got a new contract, as Damon Martin confirmed, uh, and some others as well. And uh, a lot of people are suggesting, including Patrick Auger on Twitter, at All Day Auger, and uh, also at Bobby Atkins on Twitter, both suggested Platinum Mike Perry. We talked about this on the post-fight show a bit. But you know what? The, the floor is yours, AK. What would you like to see as you give a glowing review to Pajera and his performance? Uh, for also, also, at All Day Auger, also recommended Mike Perry. There's, there's definitely a few Mike Perry shout-outs there. First, uh, I will say, you will probably rarely see me match anyone up with Mike Perry. I'm not a fan of the man. He has, of course, outside of the cage issues that he has to deal with. So, uh, let, you know, he needs to get that stuff sorted out. 
I don't like matching him up with people uh, for a variety of reasons, including the ones I just mentioned. But anyway, uh, so Mike Perry is a no, no, is a no for me. Uh, the, my only problem, the other thing that's going first here is I feel like we're going to have the same answer because we, we did do some discussion on the post-fight show. Uh, and I loved uh, – I've come back down to earth from the Jorge, from the Jorge Masvidal call. Out. I've come down to, from down to earth. I tweeted immediately that I want to see the fight now, which is which I stand by. In that moment when he made that call out, I literally wanted Jorge Masvidal to come out and fight him like like last night. Now that I've had time to think about it, okay, it, it, it does not make sense, uh, even close to making sense from a ranking standpoint. Um, with respect to, to Bejeda, uh, he the guy he just beat, Imadayev, uh, is 0-3 now in the UFC. A very talented guy, but the results, uh, if we're just looking at results, is obviously not a ranked guy. Uh, da- Danny Roberts, a great, very exciting fighter. Not very high in the rankings for me either, so those are his two wins. He did not beat Diego Sanchez, even though we know he dominated that fight. But again, let's respect wins and losses here to some degree at least. Um, so even if, you count, even if you count Diego, that's his best win. That doesn't put him into this into you know the line for a fight with Jorge Masvidal. So I've I've come back down to earth. I I would like to see the fight someday. I don't think it happens, but I would definitely still like to see it. Uh, let's let Hedda build up his resume first, uh, and he can do that with a matchup that was suggested uh, again. We suggested it on Saturday night. I love the thought of him facing the Donald Cerrone, Nico Price winner on September nineteenth. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, that 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 one had to be explained to me, and I was like, once it was brought up, I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Wow. First of all, you're welcome for that. Yes, that was, thank that you, was Mike. My selection. Thank you, Mike. Um, not Jose. See, I thought I was scared it was Jose, and I didn't. It was to not. Be, no, it was too good to be. It's too good to be Jose. A Jose pick. Okay, that was definitely a Mike pick. Yeah, he said. So, he said. I don't even know what he said. I, something I outrageous. Sorry, I'm sorry, I brought it up. And Pajeda's in like such a good position because if if you wanted to go with someone like a Sean Brady, I I would understand it, but I understand why you wouldn't more because they're both like emerging fighters in this division and Brady. Probably like Pajeda, like they both want that. As Brady eloquently explained, on what the heck that veteran fight, like Prayer is certainly a veteran in the grand scheme of things and in the sport, but it, it, but like a UFC veteran with a name and and some cachet. So I think Cerrone versus Nico Price is an absolute no brainer, and Sean Brady wants to fight either Robbie Lawler or Anthony Pettis. So I think that works out great for for Sean Brady as well. But those kinds of matchups is what we're looking for across the board for both of those guys. But yeah, I mean, especially like even it, it could be the winner or the loser of Price versus Cerrone, like either sure. guy. Yep. So one of those two, there's no, oh, excuse me. There's no other option. I'm so excited. I almost Settle knocked down. the microphone off the table. Settle down. But yes, that is the only option. There's nothing else. Did you have other suggestions? Uh, I want to go to the readers. Did you want reader su- suggestions now? Should we save that for the end of the show? Um, what it, we could do it for like this specifically, specific per, fight. yeah. Per, per really, I don't really have any of this for the end of the show, so this is so readers, this is your only chance. Time I'm gonna mention <laughs> you, but <laughs> um, oh no, I should say, oh, I saw a good recommendation in the comments too, but I, oh, anyway, I'll stick with Twitter for now. So, yes, we specifically, I did, uh, was handling the I was handling the MA fighting Twitter account yesterday. I did specifically put out a post asking, guys, what do you want to see next for Michelle, excuse me, Michelle Pajeda. Uh, so I'll, this is uh, this is also a fun segment called I try to read Twitter handles as actual names. Uh, Joshua Ali, fifty three, likes uh, Wonder Boy again. I love it stylistically. Maybe a little further down the road, Stephen Thompson for sure. Uh, this one was mentioned after I think Pajeda's uh, UFC debut. I remember because he previously fought at middleweight. So Real Angel Lee wants to see him fight uh, Izzy. Is he is he a distant yes someday again? I don't think that fight ever happens. If it does, it's way, 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 way down the road. Um, Olford X, Bilal Muhammad. We, you and I, I think have matched up Bilal a few times. I don't know if this is the fight we want for him specifically. Again, I could see it happening, but I think we have other, you and I have had other plans for Bilal yeah. in the past. 
Uh, of course, D Child Online had to throw in Hamza Kimaev because we, can, we have to throw him in every episode of On to the Next One. Ba- Babu Botafogo wants to see the Diego Sanchez rematch. Uh, I'm sorry. I uh, had a kind of shot that went down. He said he really has an interest in fighting him again, and I don't blame him. And then here's a fight that I definitely actually see some see happening in the near future. Uh, Jason O'Neill, 1992, uh, wants Alex Cowboy Oliveira. So another cowboy. Again, I could see it happening, but I think I'd like to see the uh, American Cowboy or Nico Price first. Yes, I would agree with that. And listen, if like Pajeda wants to like turn things around quickly, like if he wants to go up to 85 again and just take a short hours fight, I'm totally down with that. And I'm sure they mm-hmm. they could find something exciting. They're not just gonna throw it's him huge. in there. Yeah, he's a monster. I cannot believe he's 170 pounds. Oh, it makes it. Crazy. He's a monster. It's just crazy. But he's in a great spot right now after that performance. Like, he still did some of the showcasey things. Like, my little brother watches very casually, was just laughing his uh, hysterically watching that <laughs> performance. Even my father was like, oh, my God. He goes, he goes, I don't like that guy. I was like, why? He goes, he goes look at him. He's just, he's just running around. He's talking trash. He's, you know, we, we in, my day, in my age, we would never do that in a fight. We'd just go outside and then we'd have a beer afterwards. It's like, like that. The slapping. The slapping. Yeah, it's showmanship. I, t- I tweeted that my mother said, uh, my mother said, <laughs> slapping is so humiliating. She was disgusted. She was disgusted. <laughs> so, but Pereira, good spot. Now, speaking of guys in a good spot, how about Stone Cold Brian Kelleher? I mean, you the, this- the glass breaks. Okay. I'll start here. Um, oh. Ricky Simone seems to be the clear choice here. If they went back to that well, I'm totally fine with it. It's what Kelleher wants, and damn it, AK, Kelleher deserves a fight that he wants. But I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'm not going back on what I said like a little over a month ago. The fight to make is Brian Kelleher versus Sean O'Malley. Like, it's the, it is the absolute fight to make. Like, it's a tough fight for Sean to bounce back and fight a guy like Brian, but Brian's a veteran. Sean's coming off the loss. Kelleher thinks that Sugar Sean's like lost some mystique since the Marlon Cheeto Vera fight. But I think there's a ton of heat between Kelleher and O'Malley. There's enough in the can to promote this fight. And I think this is the one to make. The problem is there's some logistical issues because Kelleher, knowing him, he only fought for 39 seconds on Saturday night. He's probably going to want to turn right back around. And O'Malley's not a guy they're just going to throw on an apex card that Mm -hmm. doesn't cost the fans money. So, like, they'll probably want to stick him on pay-per-view which by the looks of it, 253 is probably out of the question for the end of the month. 254 is looking pretty stacked. 255 is coming together. All of those cards are in Abu Dhabi. So it might not be until like December that we see Sean O'Malley again. So if there's any issue, that's the issue. But I mean, the choice for me, it's O'Malley number one, but Simone number two, and I'm fine with either. Your thoughts? Yeah, O'Malley has to be the, the top choice. There's, like I said, we, we, we've made that matchup before and I don't want to go back on that I think it makes the most sense I still I think it still makes sense uh Ricky Simone is the thing I fight I think will happen uh so I don't have much more to add to it other than to ask uh do you think as long as this sort of the, he's taking these fights this frequently do you think he's going to keep taking these as featherweight like I don't think anyone considers him a featherweight uh, he's, uh, he's the other guys he's fought at featherweight are bantamweights uh Cody Stamen's in there uh, Hunter Azure so uh but it, but it's kind of weird that he's fought three straight fights at featherweight. And again, I, I have not taken him out of my bantamweight rankings. I've kept him in the bantamweight rankings. Um, do you think that this is the this is a new normal for him for at least the next six, maybe even the next year? Again, considering considering the the circumstances we're living in, uh, what do you think of him as a as a quote unquote featherweight? 
He's like a he's like a banther weight. He's like right in the middle of both. It it all depends like it just depends like how long the camp is. Like if you give him a fight that's like eight weeks down the road, he'll yeah. fight at thirty five. But most of these yeah. fights he's taken on like three weeks, a month's notice. I mean, crap. I mean, the fight he actually fought on Saturday took on less than twenty four hours notice because Ray Rodriguez snuck in there for Kevin Dad. Like I, I I don't think he minds either as long as he gets a proper camp. But he calls it the the quarantine weight class. And he's happy Accurate. being there. So, but Accurate. he's getting some good buzz. This has been a massive year for for Brian Kelleher. This has been great. Coming out to Steve Austin's music, I really wish I saw that on the broadcast. I didn't get to see it. Which <laughs> no, not up here. We, we had on TSA. We didn't get we didn't get to walk out up here either. But yeah, I mean, he's in a good spot. But I think those are the two only options. I think the Simone fight gets rebooked. I bet it gets rebooked, maybe on the October thirty first card. That's what I'm thinking. And he will be on the A side live chat this week, I believe, with yes. with Jose Youngs and Alex Savas and uh, and EKC, I believe. That I think is, that's that the is happening. Yes. So uh, tune into that, folks. What about uh, Viviani Araujo, AK? Mm-hmm. She had a nice bounce back performance against Montana De La Rosa. She looked great. She looked like the contender we thought she could be heading into that Jessica I fight, which she lost. But uh, there's a lot of fun options for her. What do you think? We say we seem to say this about most of the women in the flyweight division every week that they have to wait. There's going to definitely usually have to wait to see how things uh, line up because the matchmakers have done a great job of keeping this division moving. So uh, I think the most logical option would be the Roxanne Modafari Andrea Lee winner, which is happening this weekend. Uh, so there we go. I mean, the, the, the ranking wise, it seems to line up. Timing seems to line up. Style wise, I think she's a good matchup for both. And, and I think again, any of those fighters. Maybe one or two fights away from getting uh, getting a title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. Again, it's not the, it's not the deepest division, and uh, uh, Valentina fights so often. She's always looking for fresh challengers. So I think it, from those three names we just mentioned, could be one of them. Yeah, and I know we like to to bury Jose on the show, but I think he actually had the best the best idea on the post fight show Saturday night. The fight with Alexa Grasso. That's an excellent idea. I think that's a great fight. Uh, I do agree. The winner of next weekend's fight between Andrew Lee and Roxanne Mataferi is a good one. JoJo Calderwood is a good option. We have Caitlin Chukagian getting ready to fight Jessica Andrade. Yep. The outcome of that could determine her next fight. Also, we have Cynthia Calvillo and Lauren Murphy yes. ready to fight at UFC 254 in October. The winner is likely going to get the next title shot uh, between Valentina and Jennifer Maya. So maybe the loser of that, but... I think Grasso is probably the best choice, but the point I'm making is that she's in a really good spot right now because, one, she's new-ish to this division, and she's getting she's pretty highly highly touted, which gives her even more options. Like she could fight like a number three or a number four, or even like a number fourteen, and all of them are fine. There's nothing wrong with either of them. I also think she has a fan-friendly style. Sure. Uh, I thought the I actually thought the fight with my, with Delarosa, even though it was, it was pretty one-sided, I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was a really good early prelim fight like well i mean there were no prelims yesterday it was a seven a seven fight main card I'm like you didn't think the ufc could do it but they pulled it off what if they did a card that was all main card and they pulled it off last night uh incredible effort from from the ufc there well done uh but yes the second fight a very good er, 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 early fight to get people excited i thought so crowd pleasing style stand-up fighter which uh i would say matches up well with valentin shevchenko but that's that's really putting it probably exaggerating her chances <laughs> if we're being honest here but again i i would certainly like to see the match up in the future yeah and she's i mean and she's really good on the ground too she just doesn't need to show it it's just there if she needs it mm-hmm. so um but now it's time for my favorite part of the show and i know yours as well it's time for the 
for the wild card round here on on to the next one the podcast where AK and I will select a fighter that we have not match made for yet and we will do it now could be anybody a winner of again there's there were no prelim fights but a winner we haven't discussed a loser we haven't discussed and we can make that happen right now so AK we'll start off with you who is your wild card selection coming off of UFC Vegas 9 well, regular listeners will know we usually do six, pick six names and then we have the one wild card. So like half, half, seven, seven names. Oh, I guess with you, eight, eight names out of uh, whatever, 20 person, 22 fight card. We only had 18 fighters compete on Saturday. <laughs> so we've done almost like half the card. Well, we'll have done almost half the card and we both give our wild card picks. So uh, I say this to say it was it was slim pickings. Let me put it that way. Uh, I would like to help out our, our, our I would like to have Alonzo Minifield who I think is in a tough position in his career right now. Such a promising guy at 205. Still is. Back-to-back losses does not derail him as a prospect. Okay, this is, He's only had 11 pro fights. He's shown a ton of promise. Um, the guy is an absolute specimen. And I think OSP was a big leap up in competition, especially coming off of a loss. I didn't understand the matchmaking there. That he to loses Devin, Devin Clark. Clark. And then they move him up the rankings against a guy like OSP. That was strange. I, I think he was replacing... Gamzatov or something? I think it's yeah. some. There was there was a weird yeah. It was OSP was fight. Gamzatov, then Menafield, then Gamzatov. Then Men, I don't know what, what happened there, but uh, so I think to help out Alonzo, this isn't going to be a sexy pick, people. I'm telling you in advance, but I, I want to see him go take quite a bit bit of a step back in the light heavyweight rankings, which are, are fairly thin. So uh, a fight that was announced on on Saturday, William Knight versus Alexa Kamer. Uh, they're they're fighting at UFC 253. On September 26th, uh, Knight is a hell of a prospect, and uh, Kamer also very undefeated guy coming off contender series. Both guys, uh, contender series contract winners. So that's where I think Menafield needs to go back is back into that contender series pool uh, where he also came from. Uh, yeah, and get some experience that way. I think that th- this kind of fight with OSP honestly is bad experience. I know people think it's like, oh, you get reps against high level guys. You can be outclassed in such a way that I feel like that it's not helpful to you, and I think that's kind of what we saw on Saturday night. So. Uh, Alonzo, yeah, just needs to get more experience. He was a, a victim of his own success, I think, after the Paul Craig win. You know, Paul Craig's a top 15-ish guy in the light heavyweight division. Uh, and he beat him in very exciting fashion. And I think that made the matchmakers view him in a, in a very, very bright light, uh, which he, again, still is. But let's pull it back for Alonzo. Yeah, and I think people saw that Paul Craig fight and were like, all right, we just need to get through that part of it and then mm-hmm. I think you'll be okay and we saw that in the last two fights I'm kind of surprised by that pick but I'm ha- I actually picked two because I thought for sure you were going to choose the fighter that I'm choosing um, I feel like Andre Muniz made mm-hmm. a lot of noise on Saturday night AK people want to see more after that quick and very slick submission win over Bartos Fabinski this guy is super legit coming out of not just the, the US contender series but also the Brazil contender series a lot of high hopes for this guy. And then c- kind of going back and looking at him a little more, he's 20 and four. Like this guy is legit. Like he's, he's, he's super legit. So let's <laughs> give him a step up against a veteran. And I want to see him against a guy who's going to bring that. And, and it seems like a cliche from, thing for me to say these days, but I want to see this guy. I want to see the dog come out of this guy. So my pick is Andre Muniz versus young Zachary Cummings. Ah. Oh. Again, you have dipped into my rankings. Andre Muniz, <laughs> Andre Muniz, after last night's win over Fabinski, is 28th in my middleweight rankings, uh, and up in tw- at 27, one Mister Zach Cummings. Wow, I, did, I, I have not seen these rankings. I think I've seen you them like seen once them. a long time ago. But no one I, has seen them. I, I know, no one has seen them. 
My other choice, because I thought you might have picked Muniz, and I was like, he's probably going to pick the same matchup, was Hunter Azure versus either Miles Johns or Kyler Phillips. Which I would have been fine with. My, both Miles yeah, Johns, I mean, I love, both, I love all both Contender them. Series guys. Azure and Phillips used to be teammates at the MMA lab before Azure went on to uh, work with Eddie Cha at Fight Ready. So there's there's a story there. But Muniz versus Zach Cummings would be just so much fun. I think we did. We match up. Every, this is the first week. I think we've matched up every winner. I think we we now that you've done that, we have now matched up every winner on the card. Well, yeah, yes. Now I, that yeah, I threw that you, out there, you did. You, you just got Munoz, Munoz, and Ezra were the only ones we were missing, and you just got them both. Wow. I I actually was thinking about it and felt kind of bad. <laughs> for I was like, man, Hunter Ezra be the only guy we don't talk about, but. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Don't get Hunter. used. To, don't get used to it, Phil. We are not matching up 10, 11 winners every week. All right. This is a this is a unique week where we got a somewhat refreshing seven fight card. Uh, again, for for uh, some unfortunate circumstances. So we, we wish the best for the fighters that could not compete on Saturday. But for us watching, it, it was a different look, and I think I think us and some of the fans kind of appreciated it. Yeah, I dug it. I was happy. I woke up this morning and stayed at my parents' house for a couple of days before they moved back down to Florida. And mom's like. What time did you go to bed? I was like, 1.30. She goes, oh, my God, that's so late. I said, wow, that's like three hours earlier than I normally do because these events take forever. So I was happy with it. Uh, I, we're going to close out soon, I know. But I do want to mention, I said we we're going to talk about our, our buddy Nick Baldwin-Moore, a yes. fine young man who's currently working for uh, The Score up in Canada. Uh, yes, he did. Ha- he did respond to our call for matchups as you said he wants the uh, Overeem Rosenstrike rematch he's interested in the OSP Krylov trilogy as well and his third one uh, I love it he dipped right into the fight circus pool here and said uh, three he wanted to see a handicap match I think of three people he didn't say who against Brock Lesnar and John Jones oh sorry th- yeah the, <laughs> the, the rest of the winners on tonight's card I'm sorry so uh, against Brock Lesnar and John Jones so uh, I guess he means like Michelle Fredette oh Michelle Pereira, Brian Kelleher, Viviana Arujo, uh, Hunter Azure. Oh yeah, so the, yeah, I think yeah, okay, all right. I like where Nick Baldwin's going with this. So <laughs> that's our that's our reader submission of the week, Nick Baldwin. Thank you very much, and keep up the great work, my friend. Yes, uh, but AK, we have to mentally prepare for this week ahead. We got Contender mm-hmm. Series on Tuesday, two Bellator events this weekend, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and of course the UFC continues on the road to Fight Island with UFC Vegas 10 on Saturday night, headlined by Michelle Watterson versus Angela Hill. And that card is very, very solid as it looks right now. It really is. So AK and I will be back next week for matchmaking ideas from that event, which should be a ton of fun looking at the matchups on paper. But uh, that's it for this week. Please make your suggestions even after you listen on Twitter. AK is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore JR. No new reviews this week, AK, to read off, but it is what it is. So if you want to get shouted out on the program, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our network, and shout out the Prince of Positivity for doing such a great job. And uh, maybe demand that his rankings be the new official UFC <laughs> rankings. You don't want that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. But uh, but thank you for listening as always. And, and just a reminder, this is fun. Don't take it too seriously. We're just trying to make great fights. And quite frankly, we're trying to make dreams come true for fight fans around the globe, but mostly ourselves. So we'll see you next Monday right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. <laughs>